There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a special episode of New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast and we're live from the New York Stadium. Um, we'll introduce who we have first. This is, first of all, shall I say that this might go wrong. It might not be to hear us. Any problems, <laughs> let us know. Um, hopefully it goes well. But Danny, to right. Hello, how are you doing? Not bad, mate. Benjamin? Hello. And Nick? Uh, hello. How excited are you to be here in New York? <laughs> oh, I'm happy about what's over your shoulder, mate. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on tonight's show, we're going to have a quick 10 minutes talking about recent transfer rumours or non-rumours. We're going to hear from Hull and Back podcast about Tom Eves. They've given us loads of information about Tom Eves. We're going to hear from the Doggers Saints podcast, which is one of my favourite podcasts. <laughs> glorious name. Um, and we're going to talk about where we are uh, in the pop exhibition at New York Stadium as well. Uh, we're going to start with the rumours that's floating around. We talked about on Sunday, Mick. Ben Wiles to Burnley. Uh, Paul Warren said something along the lines of there's nothing substantial. So he didn't say there was no bids. He mm-hmm. said there was nothing substantial. Um, the rumour is, again, three mils there needs to be the cash on the table. Are you, where, are you, where are you standing? Uh, I don't, I don't, I've not changed my mind from, from Sunday, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, there's, there's, it was a rumour that was started by what would appear to be some sort of dodgy account. Uh, because the more you look into that account, well, he, he claims to be a a journalist uh, who had been covering Bournemouth FC. He was a Burnley supporter, and his profile picture was, um, is it Joe Cran from the Sheffield Star? Really? Yes, it was. And the background to his profile picture was Sheffield Wednesday's ground. So, I mean, you can draw your own conclusions from that. It sounds dead genuine to me, I'll be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, Danny, again, Paul one didn't deny there's been interest. And I think that's important. Paul Warren is very careful about what he says. He doesn't lie, but he's very careful about what he says. So I from from that there is interest, but he's nowhere near the valuation yet. Yeah, I, I think the same to be fair. I mean, they put in the article, it's a, it might have been a substantial bid. Um, it's not been a substantial bid, should I say, which means there may have been a bid on the table, but it could have come from Chef United and they could have offered peanuts. So they've just gone, no, you give us more money. Um, but if Burnley are willing to pay... Uh, four or five million for Scott Twine. We yeah. need to ask at least the same for Ben Wiles, in my opinion. Um, Warren has also said that his plans do involve Ben Wiles for next season, so that could up the fee even more. Yeah. I mean, it would be a good move for the kids. Um, I say a kid, he's just older than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be a good move for him to further his career, but we are in the driving seat with any deal because we can command whatever fee that we want. Um, and just so everybody is safe in the knowledge that it wasn't a training ground today. <laughs> and can I just say, Benjamin, your car is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, ben, what are your thoughts on Ben? Uh, I don't think he'll go to Burnley. I think if the, I think the, if the offer's from Burnley, I think it's... I don't even think... I think it doesn't make sense. I don't think it's Why does Burnley. it make sense? It doesn't make sense. Why? 
because they've signed, signed Scott Twine. And there's still the kid from Oxford. Yeah, yeah McNally. Still the McNally yeah. Another kid from Oxford. So it doesn't make sense. Um, uh, I don't want him to go. Is that it? I just don't want him to go. The hot take from Ben, <laughs> ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's probably sealed it then, Ben, to be honest. I can definitely say that the Ben Wiles move to Burnley, Ben does not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we all hope he stays. But what I'm impressed with, particularly Mick, is that Paul Warren's exact quote was it would be a club record fee if he went. We're not, we're not, we, we've, uh, us as a club have got grief in the past by selling players for not enough money. Yeah. yeah. And we're not standing for this time. If, they, if he wants to go, they're paying at least what his value is. Ah, absolutely. And we said this a couple of podcasts ago, didn't we? You know, if, if you want him, if you want Chio, you know, if Swansea want to come in and make a bid for Chio, don't come with three bars of Freddo's. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not happening. That's what would have happened under the old regime many, many years ago. It won't happen again. Uh, not, not, not with Tony Stewart in charge. And he's a man who likes to get value for money, I imagine. Um, True and, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, it's going to have to be a, a proper offer. And like we already said, Scott Twine, or whatever his name is. Is it Scott Twine? Plastic yeah. man. Plastic man. Um, Why are you so dismissive of one of the, the, the best player in League One? Because he's not, he's not, he weren't best player in League One, were he? He had a good season. He, he, he did really well. He scored a lot of goals, in my opinion, for what it's worth, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Ben Wiles is as good a player as Scott Twine. I'll, I'll put it out there. Don't disagree. Mm. Um, the other news or non news, Danny, is Cohen Bramble. The, the, the transfer he was triggered about, it feels like about three years ago. <laughs> um, Still nothing confirmed by anybody. Uh, is it time to get worried? Do you think it's just how transfers can work? Um, I think with with the whole Cohen Bramall saga, it's turned into a bit like Star Wars, isn't it? That saga. <laughs> um, but yeah, from what I'm from what I, I know and I've been told and stuff, it is still happening. Um, they're just ironing out everything. Uh, I think there's a few more loops to jump through when you actually uh, trigger someone's release clause in the uh, release clause in the contract. Um, so that might be why it's dragging on a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be worried. He's due his medical this week, as far as I've been told. I didn't see him at the training ground yesterday <laughs> or today, so before anyone asks that question. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it will happen. I mean, it's got some weight to it that it appeared on Sky Sports, what which I think is our only transfer to have appeared on Sky Sports <laughs> before we actually heard about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm quite confident we'll get it over the line, but it's just... Taking longer than initially thought, I think, which I'm not worried personally about it. I can understand why some people might be worried, um, but yeah, should be right. Yeah, Ben, it's just a sign trying to get a good deal in it, to be fair. It's got to be a good deal all around. You can't just say, he is, What do you want? Yeah, here you go. It's got to be a negotiation. Got to yeah, get right for the club. Both, both clubs have got to be happy with it, otherwise. Well, look, yeah, go on. sorry. Yeah, well, we've activated their release clause. Yeah. Luca don't have a I mean, it. I mean, both parties, sorry, come and Bramall, you yes. know, wanting to be happy because it's. Is obviously like people like to say like he's a career and well played for Robin, but there's a personal side to it. So maybe he's just trying to find a score or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's mm. personal sides to it. Um, obviously, I'm not a professional footballer, so I don't know how it works. Not yet. Not yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, not not an association yeah. footballer. Yeah. Not a real footballer. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what were we Can't remember anymore. Yeah. What do you expect? What from Clem Bamble? Uh, no, I'm not actually sure what you expect. I don't think you, expect, you know what to expect no. from Rotherham players. Never mind the new <laughs> one. No. Um, Danny, can you update us on any transfer rumours? I've it's been pretty quiet to be honest from my side mm. from what I've seen and heard. There's a few names popping up here and there. But anything substantial that you've heard? Um, couple rumours potentially Joe Ironside, but I don't mm. know how much weight that's got to it. That'd be quite cool for me because his granddad was Rotherham's goalkeeper back in the sixties, yeah. so he has got the family connection. Um, in terms of other transfers, no, it's gone quite quiet we were linked to Conor McGrandles but he's gone to Charlton yeah um and yeah the, lo- the loan market hasn't really kicked into full force yet so I'm sure we'll explore that when the time comes but yeah in terms of um free transfers or paying fees or anything it's really Cohen Bramall and that's a lot at the minute yeah no it is right what we'll do is we'll hear about some players some new players we've signed Ooh. we're gonna get the lowdown on them we will go first. Who do you want to go for first, Mick? Would you like to hear down? Jeremy McCart or Tom Eves? Tom Eves, I think, first. Uh, yeah. Let's so hear we'll go Tom Eves. The Hullenback podcast have sent us some details. So here we go, boys and girls. Podcast, I was going to tell us all about Tom Eves. Thank you for joining us, Ant. Ah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. 
Cheers, mate. I appreciate you doing this. Um, so, Tom Eaves, um, it's... If we start before you start talking, we're recording, you said there's a cult hero, a bit of a cult hero yeah. at Hull. Why is that, first of all? I don't know. Do you know, like, do you know when you, you, you ironically attach yourself to a player as a fan? Like, he's not the great, he's not the greatest, he's not the best, but something about him just makes you love him. That he's that he's that sort of player for us. Like, um, we signed him, uh, for, I think it was three years ago, and our last championship stint before we got relegated mm. under McCann, and um. He, he came to us with a lot of promise because he scored like 40 odd mm. goals in two seasons for, for Gillingham. So we're like, oh, we're going to, we've got a big guy who's good in the air. We didn't really see any of that goal return when he came to us. And then when we got relegated, we thought, oh, we're going to see the best out of him now because this is League One. This is where he scored his goals. And again, he didn't quite get there. And then we came back up and still similar goal return to his games. I think he's not scored more than five for us in a season, but. It's just his willingness to try. I don't know. Something. I, I, it's like a pity love. I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> okay, we'll have a hard one. I don't. I don't feel you. With, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't. don't feel you with too much um, optimism, maybe. But <laughs> you'll love him. You will. Yeah, if you're an hard, we like you, Rotherham. Uh, we've turned mm. some good runners into some decent players. Hopefully, we can do that. We yeah, we aim. Um, Having said that, I'm, the stream would be a strange question. What is his strengths? Is is he a, is he a is he a hold up player? Can he hold the ball up, or is he is he something else? Um, initially, I didn't think he was that great at holding the ball up, but um, in the mm. last uh, year or so, he's really improved that side of his game. Because um, mm. to me, I say obviously about like his lack of goals and stuff, but I don't think we've ever, we've ever played to his strengths. Now, mm. if you ask any of the Gillingham fans, they will tell you that he was phenomenal. Uh, mm. And it, I think that's because he had a strike partner alongside him. Uh, we never played that system. We never played with two strikers. He was always the lone man. Uh, and it's too much for a, for a guy his size to be doing that kind of pressing and that kind of movement. Yeah. It was it, like he tried, he, he would do it. Um, but he would often find himself like on the wing. And you want your big six, I think he's six, four, six, five guy in the box. You don't want him whipping it in, do you? So, mm. you know, we, we never really crossed the ball in. We always played with like inside forwards who would like rather cut in and shoot rather than stick the ball in the air. And, I did notice, like, from one of the first interviews that he did when he signed for you guys, was they're going to be putting the ball in the box, mm -hmm. and that's something mm -hmm. I think that us as fans, you know, when he was with us, we wanted it to happen, but it just never did. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's colossal; he's great in the air, and we just don't put it in the air. So, how is he going to score? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair, fair play on that one. <laughs> <laughs> is he wasteful? We, we get a lot of we, Michael Smith last time in the championship had a lot of chances, but he just didn't finish him. And then League One last year, he just sort of caught fire. Is he is he when he gets this chance? You know, does he take it or does he need three or four chances to bury him? Um, he didn't actually have any chances per game for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we um in League One we we, we created a fair few, obviously we won the title we created a fair few chances but he wasn't playing. Uh, we had Josh McGuinness as the striker when we was in mm. League One, um so he was more of a off the bench kind of player. But in the Championship, like last season, we we really struggled to score goals and we really struggled to create goals. Um, so. You know, he got five goals in, I think it's 30, late 20, 30, early 30 odd games or something. And um, probably this conversion rate probably wasn't that bad because we, we, we didn't really have that many shots per game. So, but I mean, like I say, it's he's, he's snatching at chances with his feet, maybe because I think he's obviously his quality is more on his head. But mm. um, he's, he's when, when he's put his chances away, they are tidy finishes. So I, I imagine if he had, you know, two or three game, he'll. It'll be okay. I, I don't. I don't know what what quality Rotherham have got in the side this year. Whether or not they're going to create that many chances for him, um, but I, I wouldn't be pinning survival hopes on on Eves, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, certainly will. Certainly yeah, yeah. He's got a hat trick against us, though, didn't he? Three, he three did, yeah, he did. He did one, one of the very uh, rare highlights of uh, his, his whole City career was that was that hat trick at, um, at your ground. Um, you know, but that that was a. I think he scored two headers that game. So it just shows you, doesn't it? You know, when you put the ball in the air, he he does he does the mm. job. But like I said, we didn't do that. So if you guys do, you might see the Billingham version of Tom Eaves. Mm. Yeah, I hope so. Because we are. We, we when Will Grigg came to last year, one of the first things he said in his interview was, "I know how many chances they create, and that's one of the reasons mm. I chose to come to come there." So hopefully, um, we can do that. Was it? When his contract ended, was it when Hull were never going to offer him a new contract, or was was the talk that he could have stayed? I know you've got bigger targets this summer, aren't you? Mm, I think realistically, he was never going to be a part of the new era's plans. Um, I think the fans would have quite happily seen him be here another year. I know he wouldn't mm. have started; he would have been a bench player, if at most, probably. Um, and you know, we, but 
as I've said on my podcast before, we didn't really want him to stay and be a bench player. We want him to see him want to see him go to another club and actually play football and enjoy himself again because he's such a top lad. Like, if you listen to his interviews and that, he's a proper scout. He's a bit of a joker yeah. and everything. So, yeah. um, he, he is a laugh and, and you can't just want the best for him. So, if that meant that he had to leave us, and we did think he would probably go to League One, so I'm quite surprised he mm. got a championship move. Um, but he, he does need to find like his groove again, and, and it, that wouldn't have been here. It wouldn't have been the best for him. Mm. No, Danny, is there anything you want to pop up or pop over? Um, it's interesting you point out with the, um, the reason why he not, not not struggled with you guys, but didn't get his um, his Gilliam level of goals is because of. Um, you know, not getting the on his head chances, if you like. Yeah. Uh, I have had a look at his uh, his goals for you guys. I think he got eighteen total. I think, yeah. and um, at least fifty percent of him are headed goals. And yeah. then the odd outside of the box strike. I tell you what, he can generate power on his right boot from absolutely nothing. Um, so, do you think he it would benefit from our system of wing backs? You know, the ones who run the channels and get the ball into the box. Do you think that's something he'd benefit from with us? Uh, definitely, because when we when we had our best periods of last season, it's when we switched to a three at the back system. So we had the wing backs. Mm -hmm. um, we had a good run, like come around January. Tom Eves was probably our best player. Um, you know, he was he was playing alongside. This is before obviously um, Grant McCann was sacked. Um, he was playing alongside uh, Keen Lewis Potter up top. He loved having that strike partner. We'd been wanting to see this. Um, version of Eves where he plays alongside somebody and we see the best from him and obviously we had uh, natural footed wing backs like Brandon Fleming on the left rather than having Keen Lewis Potter cut in we actually had some players who were on their natural foot were able to put the ball in the box and he started mm. to see better from Tom Eves and, and this is where I think you know in terms of Tom Eves at Hull City he'll probably always look back at us and go why didn't we play that way more because mm. from January to February before he got injured which was really unlucky um he he was definitely one of our best players and, and, and definitely in running for player of the month that month. So I think if you're going to be the sort of side that employs wing backs and has a strike partner alongside him that he can knock balls down to, um, then yeah, you'll definitely see the best version of him. Brilliant. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, you even feel better, to be honest with you, because obviously we get a lot of people suggesting bad things about Tommy Eves because you look at his goalstone record and people go, oh, well, crap. But mm. it's, it's, sometimes it's more about that. Again, I bring up Michael Smith again. That's what we found, Michael Smith. To start with, it wasn't about his goals at all. Um, so hopefully, Tommy's going to yeah. do the same for us. It can be a bit clumsy. It, like, um, you know, it, I mean, he's a striker. He's a big striker as well. He can be a bit clumsy yeah. when he's when he's trying to win the ball back and whatnot. And, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have um, quite a lot of fans that were... were probably say he was one of the worst strikers that they've ever seen in the city shirt but <laughs> the more sensible amongst us can appreciate what you know his his skill set was what his limits mm. were and and we didn't really ever play to his strengths like i said and it, it was quite a harsh career for him to be with us because we just really we signed him uh we kept signing really tall strikers it was really bizarre because we were never crossing the ball i think when mccann first came in we signed three strikers it was six three and above so it didn't really make sense but um <laughs> Like you can't ever fault his endeavour. He will work hard. He's he's a very honest player, um, and he will he'll give it hundred percent every single game. And I think if he starts every game for you, um, and gets a consistent run of games, which he never really had with us, uh, you will you you'll probably see a, a revigorated Tom Eves, and hopefully he hits the ground running for you. Yeah, hopefully mm -hmm. so. Um, thank you very much, this Ant. Uh, hopefully we'll speak to you later on in the season as well when we'll be playing yeah. together. Um... Yeah, so, uh, your your your. Uh... Um, your game, Joran, is one of my uh, definites for attending this year. I've got to. I, I love a Rotherham away game. Yeah, I've been told about game. something about a canal boat or something that that you can drink on or something like that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have a look. At that. Say, I've, I haven't heard about that. I'll have to yeah, no, I, that as I, well. <laughs> Shore and View mentioned it, so I'll have to give him a message and find out where it is. <laughs> like it. Right. So now I'm joined by uh, Jamie Noble, head of community here at the Sports Trust and uh, one of the brains behind the exhibition. Um, so yeah, Jamie, tell us a bit about the exhibition. So uh, the purpose of the exhibition is really to, uh, when we're having the Women's Euro starting uh, next week um, here at New York, and we're obviously having visitors from France, Italy, Belgium, Iceland, and it's to tell them a little bit about why you're at Rotherham United, why you're at the New York Stadium, a bit about the history. Um, but also something that we've wanted to do as a club for a long time to celebrate the club we were just talking before, weren't we? That we don't really pick ourselves up enough and really we should because it's a great club to be involved with. 
Absolutely. And I mean, we don't really give sense credit. The way we have achieved quite a lot as a football club, not as much as some of the big boys up the roads, <clears throat> but we still be proud of it, shouldn't we? Yeah. You know, we're living it now. The 10 years, you know, when we've looked back at the history of Rotherham United, you know, the whole coming up to 100 years, aren't we, of Rotherham United? And, um, you know, there's been as much happened in the last 10 years as there has been for the last you know, 50, 60 years, you know. So me and Tony um, Stewart were talking about it today and we were saying, like, we're living that moment now, which is amazing to be a part of, both, you know, for me as an employee, but hopefully you, you know, you, you as fans, you know. Yeah, like I said, we're living history. Now, when you first come into the exhibition, you are greeted with this absolutely fantastic mural of everything, really, that's happened. Um, you want to talk us through a few things on here? Yeah, so it was done by one of our young producers. So um, as part of the project, we had to take on uh, five young people between the ages of 16 and 25, all local, a um, couple of artists uh, who still go to school and college, um, a couple of freelancers. Uh, and Ross, um, this is like his his baby, really. You know, he um, he came up with the concept. He's an art student up at, uh, up at Rotherham College. Um, and yeah, he wanted to do, um, you know, a mural and we just felt it was appropriate that it's the first thing that you see as you walk in. So, you know, a, a sort of 17 year old young man, um, you know, um, he's going to go far in life. He's got his own um, sort of clothing range that you'll see in a second what else he does. But, um, but yeah, it's really cool. So, we've had, you know, loads of comment, positive comments anyway about it. So, Tony liked it. He, he took a photo and sent it to Richard Stewart and his brother and everything, so he, he was chuffed with it. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, on this, you've got everything. You've got some things from the Ronnie Moore era, um, Big Tony and Warney at Wembley. Um, we've got some stuff from the women's team as well, which is fantastic to see. You've got Georgia Kelly, who has definitely had his 15 minutes of fame <laughs> and a bit more. Made it already. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you've also got this character in the top right, which um, we'll find out a little bit more about him in a little bit, but Arthur Wharton, first black professional footballer. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a great uh, thing that Rotherham could be um, connected to. Um, you know, we've worked with the Arthur Walton Foundation on this project. Um, and, you know, going forward, we will we will do more. We do a lot around, um, you know, uh, rights of those from minority ethnic communities. And this is a great story that we can use as a catalyst to spark the conversation, which is really important. Absolutely. Right, Jamie, do you want to lead on and yeah. we'll have a look round? Yes. Follow um, me, make the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, as you come into sort of the main area, you've got different player profiles that you'll see um, that are on the outside of the windows. Now we want to do that rather than on the inside. Um, but, yeah, we've got um, obviously the introduction. There's little things that we've, you know, wanted to recreate. You know, we felt it was really important that we um, displayed the Derek Dalton clock. Um, you know, and I know a lot of fans felt very passionate about it. And, you know, he was a, 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 an amazing fan for us. Um, so, whilst it's sadly not the original, you know, we wanted to, in our way, sort of mark that, um, you know, that piece of, of history of the club. Um, and then, obviously, we've got the one of the first shirts um, framed there, so people can have a, a sneak preview of it. I know it's in the shop, but it's nice to have in here as well. In there. Absolutely. A few more, then that'll, be, uh, <laughs> that'll be even better. Absolutely. The print in person does look very, very good with yeah. all the, the stadium images. Yeah, that I, is really I, good. I love it. I, I um, you know, I really like the, um, I know there's been a bit of comments about, you know, the colour or lack of and the black, but I, I really like it. I think it's a really nice, um, you know, addition to the, to the, uh, the portfolio, if you like, that we've had over the last 10 years. So I think, I think we've got, we've got it spot on. Brilliant. <clears throat> Rab, lead the way. Yeah. Uh, there's loads <laughs> of like, little games. We have activity packs for kids and everything like that. So I think the main, the main bit is the history of Rugby United, which is, you know, we've, we've worked with the supporters club and the historians and, and lots of people, really, and picked out the – obviously, we can't pick everything out. There's only so much space. But, um, but yeah, we've picked out the key moments that people felt um, – you know, was important to, to celebrate and to share. Um, you've also got a little bit around women's history um, in football and sport and sort of key key things that allowed women to be in a tour European tournament mm. at, at the New York Stadium, you know. Um, and then obviously black and Asian football history. You know, we've had, um, you know, we've had Arthur being the first black professional. We've had Chris Stoll maybe first um, as well to, you know, 
to be signed here at Rotherham United. So, you know, we've, we've had some really important, um, you know, moments, really. So, yeah, um, that's something that people can come and hopefully learn a little bit. And like I say, we've got activity packs as well for the kids. So we're trying to keep it as interactive. What one that uh, sticks out to me is uh, 1891, the first penalty kick. That is, I mean, I, as people yeah. know on the podcast, I like my sports history, but I had no idea Rotherham Town are reportedly the first side to ever score a penalty kick. Yeah, so... That, that, there you go, I've learnt something today. <laughs> Gary, Bray, Gary Bray gave us that one, so scoring. So, yeah, there's mm. some brilliant things. And I'm, you know, I'm really interested in like, how we, Rotherham United was Rotherham FC, Rotherham Town, Thornhill United, Thornhill FC, you know, that, I think that's you know, really important. And Tony and I were talking as well today about when Rotherham started to wear red and white, which is the yellow the mm. from Thornhill days. So, yeah, just, you know, really, really nice to be involved in it. Yeah, speaking of sports history, next one just here, we've got mascots and shirts and, and all sorts going on yeah, in this one. Yeah, so the, the, this is a bit of club history, so, like, found, we found a book that was the, um, you know, Minnie's book, board meetings and stuff, oh, yeah. which that handwriting is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so that, that was re- really cool to sort of have a read a bit, find out a little bit about what, what sort of went on in the, uh, you know, in the 70s, um, you know, with found a mascot head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from, uh, sadly, you know, with Millmore, we didn't, um, we didn't know that we were never going to play there again. Mm. So there was a lot of, artifacts and things that got left there so a lot of it it's what people have got in their house mm. literally a seat from Millmore you know, which <laughs> yeah. is again really cool so a gentleman called Barry who's donated quite a bit um, of things he just happened to have a in his uh, garage very <laughs> proud of him and he, he was and he's, he's donated that's actually uh, oh yeah uh, yeah, so we've actually got that mask, mask as well, but we couldn't fit it in. Worth pointing out, you can't actually sit on this Millmore seat as much as everybody would like to. Um, it is very fragile by the looks of it, and yeah. it, it does say do not touch. Um, so unfortunately, Millers fans, you can't go back and <clears throat> sit in the seat if you were in 026, <laughs> but it's just nice to look at, and it's just memories, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, you know, behind us, obviously, it's the first time we've been able to display the uh, Papa John's because unfortunately we didn't have a cabinet big enough for it because it's the biggest, <laughs> the biggest trophy in the uh, in the football league. So, Is yeah, it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, the cabinet, we uh, actually have one bigger. So we've, um, we've had it as a bit of you know, a trip, so to speak, but uh, it's the actual original one as well. So we've got some wow. mindful of the part. Everything and then down on the bottom is the I, every year I get to shirt all the squad, so that's shirts that um, we had left over from John's um, final actually, that um, they all signed up after we, we won it, so it's nice to keep things like that on shirt every year, being here at New York. Brilliant. Now, we are going to come back round to Mick and Ben and ask them what their favourite bit of the exhibition is, so Mick, if you want to do a 180 and we'll head back round that way. Around to where all the nice shirts are. So, Ben, what's your favourite bit of the exhibition uh, so far? Well, my favourite bit is actually the Papa John's truck. <laughs> um, I remember that was one of the first, first cup that we've won in my life. I think it's everybody's favourite from this season, isn't it? <laughs> right then, we'll go to Matt next, who we stood down this way. Yeah, there are other, lots of other things that we that you can have a look at. We won't spoil everything for you. Um, so, yeah, Matt, what is your favourite part of the exhibition? Mine is this one with all the stuff of all the sort of success that won the Cup final, the Shield, all the same footballs from Thames, probably more trophies. Little trophy from the, uh, the 45, 46, it's the water. Yeah, that's um, the last one of the last war trophies to be produced. Well, that's my favourite, <laughs> by the way. It's like um, the Holy Grail. You know, it, it's not the really posh trophies that matter. It's that little stone one yeah. in the corner. <laughs> yeah, and then that's obviously got the League One Cup trophy here. And just memories of 81, 81 that's, that's one of the famous teams that I don't remember, but it's just about the history of the night. 
<laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. Right, we'll bring uh, Jamie back in one more time to talk about one of probably the centrepieces of the exhibition, which is uh, the Arthur Wharton display that has been very kindly donated by his foundation. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, sure. Um, he died. Um, that's where he's based. He died um, to support us. And he did that this week, sort of surprised one or two artifacts that were, you know, we, we're very proud of. We've got one of the seven trophies that um, of Arthur's statue that's obviously the full size one, uh, basically say George Park Burton. Mm. Uh, and I always make sure when I go down there that I walk and drive um, and go and see it because it, you know, it just makes you think really a little bit about how far we've come since since he, you know, signed for Robert Kennedy and, and, mm. and, and you know the fact that we were so keen that. He gave him that first question. Um, and then actually his great don't quote me on this great great granddaughter, maybe. Um, she lives not half a mile away from the stadium. She All actually right. uh, reached out to Sean and said, I've got my great or great great granddad's Bible. So again, oh, that's no. never been on display, it's never been sort of publicly shown. So again, that's really, you know, it's really touching that they felt um, you know, uh, so so comfortable letting us display it mm. um, and then we've got this fantastic photo that we uh, sorry picture that we were um, sort of talking i don't know what to call it whether it is a picture or if it's an ornament you know <laughs> that, that amazing but um again it's um, it's plaque you know that's been sculpted uh, to uh, represent arthur um, and his life and you've got certain features like um we've noticed the windmill up here which is obviously his time at Rotherham United, mm -hmm. um, got the sword from um, his time at, at, at Bramall Lane, um, you've got the Garnaean, um, I believe these are good, like Garnaean gods, but there's something, you know, the detail is unbelievable. Uh, I think you notice the Garnaean flag sort of draped around. Uh, he obviously was a, 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 the fastest man in the world at one point, runner. Um, so there's, you know, there's bits about his life everywhere. Every time I look at it, I kind of finding something else i've never noticed this all here so you know um we have got a bit more information um on it which we're gonna you know we we, we just need to get ready and uh, get up on the wall tomorrow so yeah fantastic about that yeah we've been uh, we were racking our brains before the podcast to try and yeah. find little bits and like you say every time you look at it you find something new for example this is the england flag because he came from ghana to england yeah. so they've, oh, got the, they've got the st george's cross and we said the little windmill in the top right for the Millers, there's references to his time in the northeast, and the shirt he's wearing is a Darlington shirt, which I believe he went to after his second stint with Rotherham Town, if I remember rightly. Uh, so yeah, we won't spoil anything else because, of course, you do want people to yeah, come here and have yeah, a little yeah, explore. Yeah, that's, that's... So, um, when does it start and how long does it run for? So tomorrow, yeah, it was tomorrow officially. Um, we, we, the times are up on the website, so we're ready. In the uh, in the evening, people around work. Um, and Saturday, club shop. Obviously, on match days, it'll be open, so people will be able to come down uh, and, and take it in. Um, so it's going to be open as well. It's Euros. Football matches starting next week. It's really exciting. Um, and then it'll stay here um, as this room until the end of August. Um, so I think we've got three games in August at home. Like that, so um, so it'll stay till the end of August, and then the group will get repurposed for another project that we're involved in because we never stop, as you know. <laughs> um, so we've got another project, but everything will be on display. I've been speaking, like I say, to Tony today about how we can potentially incorporate it into other developments around the stadium. So, uh, you yeah, know, we, we will make sure that you know the walls and everything sort of stay the same uh, but the, the artifacts and everything some of it will have to go back to the owners and be low mm. uh, but we will find a way of making sure it's on display and be able to see it it's really exciting there is that we're on the way with I like the idea of a memorabilia bar 
personally, in one of the, in one of the corners, memorabilia bar. Um, I believe our next segment on a player is the Doggers Dogger Saints podcast. Um, so we're talking to them about the new signing, Jamie McCarr. Hey, another Danny uh, from the Doggers Saints podcast, uh, St Johnson Spot. Uh, Danny, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Matt. Absolute pleasure. Um, so, first question is: People may have been expecting a Scottish accent to tell us about a St Johnson's player. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, was it? <laughs> no, this is why I was. Um, this is why Sam was going to do this. Uh, my co-host. Um, so, for I don't know the people down. So, unfortunately, I'm not my Lancashire accent. So, if everyone's still tuned in at this point. <laughs> uh, appreciate now I moved on to Perth and um, I studied in Dundee and then got a job in Perth and that was that was a bit of a quite a long time now but mm. um, I think whenever I go back down south back down Blackpool when we're from my dad um, seems to say that my accent's got stronger like my Lancashire <laughs> accent so I'm obviously overcompensating somewhere along the line yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we're here to talk about Jamie McCart, Miller's uh, recent centre-back signing from Scotland. And I would talk, we were talking before, I'm, I'm interested to know a bit more Brighton because it, the signing came out of blue, which meant we weren't had a chance to much research. Um, how is, how, what, what type of player is the first one? We know he's a central defender. Is he a ball player? Is he a towering centre-half? Is he a big man? What, 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 what type of centre-half is he? He's... He, he doesn't look like your big man centre-half. Mm. I think that's what I would say. He doesn't look like your dominating, towering centre-half. That's sort of more to what he's leaning towards. He's he's really good in the air. Mm. He loves a header. He loves a tackle. Fond of his time in the odd one in big <laughs> European games, but move on. Um, that was only once. But he's, yeah, he loves a tackle. He's... I genuinely think he's got more to give in terms of the ball playing. Because mm. it seems to, if you boys really like long, you know, if Rotherham fans as a as a collective like long diagonals out to the right wing, then play you in for a treat. <laughs> yes, get him. Your whole lives. He's, that's his out ball. And mm. he overuses it, in my yeah. opinion. I think he is better than that. I think he could be more. Maybe that is just what he's been told to do, which wouldn't surprise me. And maybe that's something he could be encouraged to do a little less of him, play the ball out a little bit more. Because he has got it in him. He's not a bad footballer mm. at all. But it was it was weird because the, the sort of the great back three of two seasons ago was Jason Kerr, who was our captain at the time, who's obviously now at Wigan. You might be more mm. familiar with him. Um Obviously got promoted with you guys last season. Um, I've got promoted alongside you guys, I should say. So Jason Kerr was like the ball-playing centre-half. He was a midfielder when he first started. Moved backwards. And it's just brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and Liam Gordon, who is the captain at Saints now, he's, um, he's a great lad. And he's a proper Perth boy. Died in the Wall Saints <laughs> <laughs> I can't play football. He's not, he's not what you would call a ball playing centre half, but he's brilliant. You know, he's a traditional mm. centre half, and he's really good at it. And then McCart was a funny one because he was somewhere in the middle. Because it mm. looked like not a towering presence, like he should be able to play football. But he was generally just—he was really good because he was like footed, yeah. which was handy for playing long diagonals out to Sean Rooney. But actually, goes more towards the winning headers, putting tackles in. But so I think there is something more. And he's young enough. That's one mm. thing I would say. Mm. Yeah. You say uh, in mid-time tackle, is he prone to a mistake? I know defenders at this level, when they come to us, we're not expecting the finished article or perfect player. But has no. he got a clanger in him? <sighs> not like an obvious clanger. What I will say for him is he was the victim of some of the all-time worst refereeing decisions I have seen in my life last season. Oh, no, wait. Oh, no. He had oh, God, in the no. face. Yeah, Nick. Um, this is... If you're wanting a Jonah, Nick, that, that's... Um, you've probably got one. He had one that hit him in the face from two yards away against Hibs <laughs> last season. Oh, God. He got sent off. <laughs> no, he didn't get sent off for that. No, he got booked for that, and then he got sent off 
few minutes, about two minutes later, because he was still absolutely furious, he saw Cambridge <laughs> laying the floor and the lines. Um, <laughs> and then he had one, he had one at Aberdeen where he's won the ball with the forward about two yards still away from the ball and a penalty mm. got given. Oh, so hey, he was the victim of some poor decisions last season, but yeah, I think I think the point I'm probably trying to get here is if you get McCarthy switched on, mm. most of his mistakes last season came probably through lapses in concentration. Mm. I think if you get the McCarthy switched on, so the McCarthy two seasons ago during the double and he was brilliant mm. like two cup finals he was yeah. absolutely outstanding he was probably our best player on the park in against Hibbs in the Scottish Cup final and he was brilliant against Livingston in the League Cup final mm. um, I think the what happened last summer and we actually ended up having a big argument about this on the sort of wider Doggy Saints group chat last night because some of us were inclined to the way I'm, I, well, what I'm about to say, others weren't inclined towards this way of thinking. <laughs> he got his head turned last summer. Right. Hibbs came in for him, he got his head turned. And then I think just from there, so he got off to a slow start. And then from there, the team started losing because, don't get me wrong, he was not the only player who mm. underperformed last mm. season. He's just losing games constantly. I think his confidence dropped a little bit. Mm. So then because his confidence dropped, he was sort of, okay. you, you could tell at times he wasn't entirely all there. And also the fact is, is um, one of the boys who's actually a journalist for the Herald, he, um, he came out and he said, you know, for a lot of these guys that probably weren't ever expecting to do anything in the game, they did something that only four Scottish clubs have ever done. Yeah. And three, mm. well, two of them were, well, Telecom Rangers, obviously, and the other one was Aberdeen under, under <laughs> Alex Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. So yeah. it's then, like, these were, mm. these sort of like a bunch of free transfers and, and you know, you've, you know, guys come up through the youth system and they've gone and done that. So, and then to go back from that down to scrapping relegation, a lot of heads yeah. And, mm. Maybe a little bit of disillusionment. So I actually think you probably are going to get the McCart of the the Jay McCart of the you know the, the double season because when he wasn't meant. Mm. Mm. So if he switched on, because he, he'll he like he'll like the new challenge at all. He'll yeah. like, he'll, he'll be up for proving himself in the English Championship. So mm. yeah, I think he'll be. Um, I think that's. I, I would imagine and I'd hope that you will probably see less of those just like letting crosses go by him and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just daft stuff because he's looking the other way. <laughs> so, I really, really won't allow that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only do it once. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say we've got, we've got Woody's in the centre of three, who's mo the most experienced guy, almost at championship. So that I assume yeah. that'll help him concentrate and make sure he, he keeps his head on. Hopefully. Do you, play, do you play in a three? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did last season. I assume we're going to see him again. Well, I was thinking that because we, I, those were my question. I have no idea what he's like in a four. Mm. Because he was signed. He signed for Saints in January 2020. And obviously, mm. we all know what happened very shortly after. So, yeah, yeah. But at the time, we did play with four, four at the back um, on the old manager, Tommy Wright. And he, he got the odd game here and there. I think he was more being sort of primed for the next season. But mm. by that point, Tommy had gone. Yeah. Um, Callum Davidson, still manager now, had come in. And every single game's been way back three. Mm. So, yeah, it fit nicely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. There's a couple of points that really matter. I'm sure, I don't know whether you're going to pick up on it or not. One, one is this ball out to right, because we, 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 our eyes lit up when you, when you talked about that, because we have got absolute pace to burn on that right-hand side. I mean, it is just ridiculous. 
um, both from well just just all the way down that right hand side so that's one thing that's a, that's a good thing the bad thing obviously bearing in mind if he's if he's if he has bad luck with referees we're going to be in trouble because we're in championship <laughs> and, and and the standard of refereeing in the championship is as bad as any league that i've ever seen so we're going well, to yeah. it'll be a custard too because it's not great up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up yeah. Here. i did watch yeah i did watch quite a lot of the championship towards the end of last season um mm. watching sort of running and uh, and then the playoffs and all that so there was something comfortingly familiar about uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like watching a lot every week um, <laughs> I, 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 like I say, you've got pace down the right. If those balls make it, mm. then, then you're in business because you will try it over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> With chills, lightning. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mick, Danny, is there anything else you want to ask? I don't know if, much else, uh, if you want to ask, but close up, boys. Not for me. Uh, it, it, the, the whole the whole sort of circumstances surrounding this transfer were uh, just a complete shock to us mm. nobody saw it coming i mean we've we've been we've uh, virtually all our podcasts for the last two or three weeks have revolved around this rumor that rumor the other rumor some ridiculous some turn out to be accurate but mainly ridiculous and this wasn't even anywhere close to being on anybody's radar um which, which I like. It's it, it, we like this kind of transfer. Can't get this old, then. I yeah. he was it. It's a funny one because obviously we signed him from us technically, but yeah, man, because he was afraid transferring. He was yeah. chance. So we knew he was going. Really, um, we had four pretty key players run out of contracts after the playoff. After the playoff um, final, the second leg, and it was so there's Xander Clark, who's goalkeeper, who hasn't gone anywhere yet, but he's on honeymoon, so that's probably why. Okay. And then the other yeah. ones are Hendry, Hendry's gone to Salford, and Rooney, who obviously was linked to you guys last summer, mm. Rooney's gone to Fleetwood. That would have been a lot more fun for you if he signed in. If he signed out, <laughs> Fleetwood, that would have been. But I, you know what? In a different sort of different world, it would have come off because mm. the reason Rooney didn't go, we basically got begged to stay because we were yeah. saying with McCart actually mm. last summer they got begged to stay because knew never going to keep old Jason Kerr and Ali McCamp. Just knew it was never going to happen. So I think had particularly with McCart at that point, and certainly with Rooney, I think. <laughs> I think had um, had all four of them gone, then mm. there would have just been an absolute riot. We <laughs> 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 would have all kicked off. Yeah, we yeah. had it off. We sold them to we like five minutes of the deadline to go. Um, yeah, I think McCartney was another one who got coerced the same last year. I, but honestly, Rotherham didn't ever seem really on the radar. We did. Mm. As you do in a small, small town, and the club rumours fly about. I mean, it looked like it looked like hips again. Really, mm. would look pretty likely. The maddest rumour was last. You know, he's going to play in the English Championship. Nearly ended up in the Scottish Championship. He was apparently pretty close to signing a pre-contract in January with with Dundee. Who we were in a relations gap with at the time. We were technically a local rivals. Mm. Even though it's one side, Sunday's got two clubs and Perth's got yeah. we're in the same region. Mm. Um, but we like to call it a local derby just because it really winds both of them up. It absolutely makes the head um, yeah, I love that. So yeah, yeah, if you want a bit of fun, just check the fixture list. When Saints mm. playing even the Dundee teams, you just start wiring in about a bit of a derby. He was rumoured to be, I think they were buzzing in the league at that point, and then mm. they made a few bad decisions and wound up well cut adrift. But he was very, he was on the brink of what Dundee on a pre contract. Mm. So, 
it would have been interesting for him if he'd stayed for the rest of the season. Because what normally happens, it's not so much commonplace in England, but in Scotland, it's quite commonplace to use the pre-contract agreements as yeah. mm. almost a, a bargaining chip mm. in the January window. It's like, right, we'll sign him on a sign him on a pre-contract agreement, and then the the club who's got the player, they're like, well, it's not going to turn up for us for the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a basically a token fit. Yeah, and you can have him now. Yeah, um, it would have been interesting with Carl, whether it was actually close or whether it was just a, whether it was a bit pie in the sky. And I think he was a bit disillusioned at Saints at that point. So whether it was just trying to ruffle, mm. not ruffle a few friends. That's the wrong way of putting it. Whether he was just trying to put his name out there, really, I don't know. Thank you very much to the Dog of Saints podcast for that. Um, interesting chat, Ben. I'm going to ask Mick, because Ben probably didn't listen. Uh, interesting chat about particularly about McCart, because he's the one we didn't know anything about coming in. Um, and St. Johnson's fans seems to have used the diagonal ball from left to right as a bit of a slight to him, but I'm fine with that. Hey, <laughs> listen, like, like we said to him, we've got pace to burn down that right side. Just keep knocking it down there, mate, and we'll keep knocking it in. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly he's, he's a youngish lad. Yeah. So And he's got a lot about him, there's no doubt about that. I know a lot of other clubs have been interested in him. Mm. Uh, both this season and in the past, so I mean, the, the surprise for me really was just how how, how far, far out of left field it came. You know, what I mean, and and how 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 well it had been kept a secret, which uh, which I like. Yeah, we didn't mention the Tommy's chat, Danny, because we'll have a look around here. But again, the Tommy's stuff that's been said ticks a lot of boxes. Mm. Uh, if if you give him a chance, he's gonna he's got a chance to score it. Um, he was very, very hard working. What, what, that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. We've definitely uh, signed a few players that are definitely hard working and they're definitely up for it. Interesting one with Tom Eaves. Um, I've been doing a little bit of looking into it, and Hull's turnover of play over the last couple of seasons has been quite quick. You go one end, lose the ball straight back down the other end, sort of thing. Mm. Um, not much chance creation in terms of out widening into the box, which is effectively how we scored half of our goals, yeah. more or less, last season. Um, so I know a few people on Twitter have poo-pooed the whole thing about Tom Eames wanting 20 goals this season, but I, I, I have to say between 10 and 15, I'm earmarking him between 10 and 15 for next season because he's a sort of player who thrives on you know the ball into the box and potentially even the second ball and getting a bit of power onto it. Because if you watch his whole goals, he can generate, I said this on yeah. the chat with the, with the whole podcast, he can generate power out of nothing in the box he's got a cracking header on him because two of his goals against us in the FA Cup were headers <laughs> yeah. um, and I believe he is at least two inches taller than Michael Smith I think so because we made the joke about Michael Smith being six foot three when he was six foot four um, I think Tommy <laughs> is just a little bit taller because when you see him at the training ground he, he's, he's huge uh, he's massive he's a unit. yeah he, he's massive <laughs> I, um, so I'm looking forward to watching him play as centre forward my understanding is the same size as Smith. It's just that daft top knot that makes him a bit higher. <laughs> so, I mean, if he's going to stay at Rotherham, I think that's something that we need to address. D don't knock the daft just top my knot. View. He might score with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not jealous. Williams had a top knot, didn't he? I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's saying he's being big and hard now, but if Tommy Bever comes on podcast, yeah, he'll be back in money. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be long gone. He'll be there like, hello, mate. <laughs> You're not part of tomorrow. Even tomorrow. Oh, me and my mouth. <laughs> Tom, Tom. <laughs> Hiya, mate. But Ben, these seem like good signings. The, the, the signings as a whole, the four signings that were there, obviously cricket last Friday, Connor Washington, McCart, Eves, and... Uh, Kyoso. Kyoso. They're all really exciting signings. We know we're not done. Um, but the business so far is very solid. Yeah, they all look like the... Well, I mean, this recruitment team is obviously a good recruitment team. As shown in the past, um, yeah, they are really exciting players. They all look like they could be competing for starting spots, which is which is always uh, it's always good to have healthy competition. So, yeah, they are very exciting because they're all players where they're all star sign not star signings, but squad signings. Do you know what I mean? They're not coming, in, start, yeah, yeah, they're not yeah. coming in to develop for a couple of years. They're yeah, coming yeah. in to compete and hopefully mm. start. I think with the signings so far, they're not quite outstanding players in their own individual right, but they add elements to the team which we'll see us improve. 
you know, with uh, with Tom Eaves and his, mm. his attacking threat, Kyoto and his pace down the right-hand side, which probably will push Chio further forward. Uh, Washington and his work rate, again, not quite a goal scorer, but from what uh, Charlton fans have said, it's his work rate. And then Carr, defensively solid, <clears throat> and uh, he's got a fair ping out to the right-hand side. Mm. Um, so, again, not individual brilliance, but as a whole, it should see us improve, which um, I think is a great thing to see. Yeah, it's I'm excited, big, I'm going to lie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to counter that. It's the first part of pre-season game on Friday. Uh, hoping for better weather than we've got from <laughs> Thursday evening. Um, but the question is, Mick, I know that perhaps this isn't done. If we play a back three tomorrow, who are you going to play? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know because I'm not manager. Um, You've got your boots ready? I've got my boots ready just in case. <laughs> I thought you'd always for Wednesday. I have, but I'm going to now just um, just cause a few issues from a Wednesday point of view and <laughs> see if I can get him into trouble for playing a a player that's played for another team or so. I don't know. I'll do some. I don't know what I'm talking about. But what question? Centre back. Woody. Yeah, but what? Normally against Parkgate, you would get see a full eleven swap. Yes. We're going to mm. see some kids, aren't we? Of course we are. Yeah. yeah. Of course we are. I don't think. Well, I'm not even going to say that you can't read anything into it because you can't. I mean, that's the most stupid thing I've probably ever said on this podcast, isn't it? and it that's is. going some. Um, I forgot my flag, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Transfer business is not over. Transfer window is not shut for a long time. Um, you know, particularly bearing in mind how early the season starts, and therefore uh, how early pre-season starts. There'll be there'll be more incomings, and we haven't even touched at the loan market yet. We haven't even looked at the loan market um, because that's not really going to get going probably until even the week that the season starts or after that. Um, so there's, there'll be more incomings. Clearly, there'll be more incomings, um, and you never know. You never know. So if uh, a trialist is uh, is playing tomorrow, that might not be a trialist. Who knows? Yeah, I can give you a full eleven if you want for the Parkgate game. Well, you can do. It's going to change at half time. Well, I, I'll, I'll give you the start. Go on, give us a starting eleven. All right, so this will be my starting eleven. So, one, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I've got it dead on. Um, <laughs> so, Vickers in goal to start. Um, Harding, Wood and McCart as your back three. Uh, Barlasser and Rathbun as your more off midfielders. Kiosu on the right, Ferguson on the left. Ogbeni and Wiles further forward, Eves up front as your centre forward. What I would say to that is, if you read Tommy's interview with the Yorkshire Post, he's told the Yorkshire Post that we're expected to play with the two up top. Yeah. So that may put pay to the Wiles and Chio further forward. Yeah. Because you can't play that and then a two. Um, it might have given the game away a bit there. Where are you going to play Chio <laughs> Could play Chio Yeah, I, sp- I suppose that's an option. Um, I don't know. He did last year for a couple of games, didn't he? Mm. He only played up top yeah. as a secretary. It never worked. No, it didn't. Um, no. Um, but then for Ireland, he plays as almost a striker yeah. and it works. Mm. Yeah. But that's more of a three in it, more, more than a two. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, th- I think with that formation, you can have Wiles dropping back into midfield and then true, yeah. potentially have Benny a second striker. But if we use that system, you could bring Washington on as well or Kelly. Yeah. As well, <clears throat> I'm excited to see Kelly in preseason and all. Honestly, yeah. well, give more than ten minutes. Yeah, he <laughs> don't need more than ten minutes. <laughs> um, so one thing I mentioned is well, Greg, we should because it's been popped up. It's, it's training with, with McDonald's down here at the minute. Mm-hmm. MK Don, get it right, professional. Um, nah. Can you read anything into that? The fact he's training with, we we know he's local to there anyway. Mm. So can you read anything into it? In fact, it doesn't strike me as an MK Don's player to be honest with you. I mean. He lives around Coventry Way hmm. and he does have a good relationship with that club. Um, and he's been doing his rehab in Burton, so it's all around that little area. Um, so I think he's just found a club that he gets on with. He gets on with most people there and they've said, you want to come and do all your pre-season stuff with us? And he's agreed, so he's gone on his little tour of Ireland with him. Um, and all honesty, I'm not sure what's happening with Griggy. Uh, we might be looking elsewhere with him. He might be coming on trial, I'm not sure. Um but yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. If MK do sign him, then you know, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but I think Ricky could end up anywhere. To be fair. Yeah. I probably agree with that. Uh, Benny, are you excited to go back to football? Very excited. Uh, it's been a boring month or whatever. Two months. <laughs> very boring. It's been two months, yeah. There's no NFL either. It's been boring. It's been cricket, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> come, all right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it'd be a different, different atmosphere than drilling on the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it won't be. It'll hardly be drilling on the water. Kelly scores on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, yeah. can, I can tell you right now, the head groundsman at Roundwood will kill me if I, <laughs> I chant that at yeah. tell you. Don't forget, don't forget, Danny did, Danny painted the goalposts at Parkgate. Um, so we want your pictures, we want your selfies with the goalposts. Don't get on the pitch, obviously. We want your pictures and selfies with those goalposts. Send them, I mean, I, I, what's your Twitter name? At Danny Glaves. At Danny Glaves. <laughs> Send them all down at Danny Glaves, underscore pod. We want your selfies with the goalposts for absolutely no reason other than it's funny. I'll start the ball rolling tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll just finish off with the latest bit of news is that we're going to uh, Croatia and we're playing Fleetwood. We are. I don't think we've been invited, actually. Oh. Yeah. Followed, I thought I thought that was an end of podcast surprise. I thought <laughs> I, th- I at first thought they weren't rushed through my mind where I hadn't brought my uh, passport. I don't. I'm going to answer it. Yeah. Um, oh well. Rather than we're going to pass. Rather than we're going to pass. Rather than we're going to Croatia, and it's been confirmed we're going to play Fleetwood in a pre-season friendly. Um, that put pay to your guessing game who we were going to play, which Croatian team we were going to play, Danny. You did all that hard work to research all these Croatian teams. I'm, a, I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> did all this research. You're right, we played in Croatia first division, we played in Croatian second division. We might play them because we've been promoted from third, whatever, backwards division or whatever, and we're playing Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, everyone had to go on that. You've lost, unfortunately. Um, apart from Will Barber, who did say that we might be playing an English team, so I think close enough, close enough. He, I, I can't remember who he predicted exactly. I think he went for Crawley or something like that. But again, we, closer than Crawley, <laughs> yeah, same energy, isn't it? Um, but yeah, playing Fleetwood, and hopefully it's third time lucky and we actually beat them this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's behind closed doors. So even if you've got a Croatia, you can't watch it. Mm. Hopefully, yeah. it's on our follow though. Yeah, I don't know if they'll stream it or something. Mm. Uh, depends on what facilities out there. Um, I think that's it. Any other topics, questions, comments, queries that anybody wants to put? Oh, yeah. Correct. Danny, the Precharity game is only two weeks away. Mm. Two weeks away this Saturday, which, as Ian Bramley, do to give us a bit more detail? Because we're going to plug this up next week. This is Rob Mospice, so we're going to plug it. Yeah, so uh, July 16th at Flash Lane in Bramley. Myself and a few other people have organised a charity game, raised money for Rob and Hospice. Um, I think it's uh, we've got 15 for each team so far, which is decent numbers. It will be rolling subs because we're all unfit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we I think kickoffs at um, 12, I think, or at least it starts at 12. I'll have to double check that and get back to you on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, but something very, very special has arrived today after waiting more than a week to get it and forking out a little bit of money out of my own pocket. So it's not out of the hospice fund or anything like that. It's out of my pocket, out of my new fresh wages. And it is this little silverware. beauty. Yeah, a bit of silverware. This is the get the match winner trophy for the game. It says the Royal Hospice Charity Cup on the little engraving. I did spot at the cricket that they had somewhat similar. That's engraved with the teams. This one isn't, you see. Um, quick, <laughs> quick disclaimer. Um, the reason it's only got red ribbon on it and not red and white, it's going to have any white. Okay. Um, it will be on the final product, don't worry. Um, we've also got uh, winning manager trophies and um, player of the match and winning captains and stuff like that. But we're playing for this now, this nice piece of silverware. Um, what you could do, I don't know if anyone will notice, you'll switch out for uh, Papa John's that's behind you. Just... Jamie, have you got the key? <laughs> <laughs> Weighs about the same as well. <laughs> uh yeah, so if you haven't got on that, Mick and Daniel were there as well. Mick and Ben were there as well on that day as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can laugh at them. You got a ref? We do. <sighs> the lad I mentioned earlier. Could have got, yeah, got Mick to ten minutes. Mick, can you run the lines? Looking for linesmen. I can run line, mate. I'm not hey, there we go. I would like to point out I've seen Mick run the line before, and he's not very really good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. But, um... <laughs> you, you can run white team half second. Yeah. Half. I, I, I'll be honest. Let me let me be. Perfectly honest, I do understand my own limitations. <laughs> I know when I come up short. Um, you know, right? No, it rules is one of them. <laughs> anyway, thank you for all that are tuned in tonight. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to another six hundred six fifty. I think we've got to thank the Wednesday fans for that one to very sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at least we've got some out of them. <laughs> um, um, the problem is that the Sheffield Wednesday podcast is going to go down by one hundred and fifty because they're going to come and nick them all. You pay them a bit extra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially if they're called Mick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the moment of truth podcast not out yet. We will re- we'll review that when it's out. I don't know why. I don't know what the delay has been. There's some sort of clash with the BBC or something. Um, but that'll be out. So we'll review that when whenever that's out. Uh, iTunes subscribe, Spotify subscribe. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I've got one more thing. 
Uh, I'm just going to. I'm just. It's just an interesting more than anything else. It's how you're going to get to that computer to put the uh, closing credits on without looking like you're a fool bending down. Well, <laughs> while I thank Jamie again for letting us come in here, I'm going to let you walk to the screen and press the buttons. You do always do the outro. Oh, thank right. you again to Jamie and the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Community Sports Trust for letting us come to this pop exhibition. Yeah, thanks. Which goes much, live Jamie. on Friday. Um, but they see the opening times on on the website and the tweet. We'll tweet that tweet everything out as well. Um, and do come down because it is brilliant. So you should definitely come down and have a look because Ben highly recommends it. Yes. There we go. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.